receiving is coming from deep inside of FEMA Region 1, well within the battle lines of the municipal corporation known as the Commonwealth of Taxachusetts, radiating out to the darkest corners of Al Gore's internet from our secret broadcast bunker cleverly disguised as a middle-class living room. This is Red Pill Politics. And welcome back. Hour number two is Red Pill Politics. And you are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Uh, please do head over to republicbroadcasting.org. Check out all the other great programs. Share them around. Leave some comments. Visit our sponsors and hit that donation button on your way out. We are listener funded. I am here now because of donations from people like you. So uh, thank you for your support. And uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, we have got another caller on the line. We're talking about uh, two things. There's a, a group now that's purporting that uh, they're going to organize, head to the border, and shut the border down. Good idea. The only thing that's going to stop a million people is two million people. Two million Americans on the border saying no. No, we're a, a nation of laws. The answer is no. Our leaders have failed us. All right, so the big kids are talking now. The adults in the room are going to take control. All right, but we got to be careful. Because you know, any big movement, grassroots movement like this, plan on one out of every 10 people you're bumping into being a Fed. So don't go shooting your pie hole off, talking all kinds of smack, because it's likely to wind up well, getting you a good long federal sentence, because they're going to come after you. Should that scare us? No. Fear and apathy is what got us here. We got to stand up. We got to stand up. And soon enough, law enforcement, like those county sheriffs we were just talking about, and say, you know what? They're right. They're right. And they're going to side with us. They know what side the uh, the bread the butter's on for sure. Um, let's get to our uh, callers here. Chance from West Virginia. You're on the air. Yeah, Dave, am I missing something or what? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't all those folks on January 6th practice their right for of patriotic and peaceful protest? And how did it work out for them? Yeah, it was a peaceful of them assembly. Are languishing in the gulag to this day. You know, they made it perfectly clear to the public that peaceful protests are useless at this point. I mean, isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Yeah, well, I mean, what happened is that those people went there, allowed a label to be applied to them. All of America seized up and vapor locked because government started calling these people names. It started labeled them and said they were insurrectionists. Don't you think they'll do that again at another so-called, quote-unquote, peaceful protest? I mean, what option do people have? Do they stand five miles away, maybe with a placard? Is that going to uh, uh, change things? Chance, I can't think of anything. And if, if 
anyone's aware of anything that is a get out of jail free card. Wow. Of, well, I, I'm not aware of it. I expect, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, that well, they're going to well, fight back, say, and that's how uh, they fight back. And he, we can go to jail for nothing. We found out how they solved these problems in the past because, unfortunately, it's a repeat of the past, and uh, that's it. Okay, thank you. Now, yeah, I mean, uh, they can arrest us right now for nothing, can't they? We lose chance, you drop off. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it very well could be a rerun. I don't know. I can't see into the future, but what I can do is learn from the past. You know, the, the, and he, he's right. You know, J six. They went up there. It was a peaceful assembly. It's precisely what it was. It, but they, you know, they cowered later. All those people that encouraged and cheered on and said, "Oh, thank you for going." Oh, I wish I could go. You know, supported them and you know cheered them on. And then when government came out and called them names, called them insurrectionist and un-American, said they were going to start arresting them, and then did. Nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. So yeah, it's, it's possible. You know, what I'm seeing, though, is that there's a significant number of people who said, you know what, so what? I watched you arrest people because it wouldn't take one of your shots. Wouldn't wear a mask when they went to buy food for their family. So, yeah, you, you could be arrested uh, for go going to defend your own border. You can be arrested for going to your own state capital, nation's capital, and, and questioning the your own election. Well, you can be arrested for nothing. I mean, they're at the point where they can and do just create a narrative and evidence and go right after their troublemakers. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know that sitting down and waiting any longer that I can outweigh the tyranny. That's, I guess what the question is here. If you don't want to get up and actually do something, is your plan for outliving and waiting, outwaiting tyranny? Is that is that your plan? And how's how do you expect that to work? How long do you expect to live? And what do you want to see in your miserable life? You want to see? I, I got like a grandbaby right now that I just adore. And at night, my head swims thinking about what that uh, little boy is going to grow up into. The systems that work around them is disgusting. And, and do I think I can outweigh it? You know, can I outweigh that tyranny? Can, can my grandson, you know, will apathy help him in any way? No. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. Okay, let's get to these calls here. I'm doing pretty good at keeping up with them here this uh, this year so far. Art from Georgia, you're on the air. Hey, Dave. Uh, okay, so how you pronounce uh, your governor's name? Is that Healy or Haley? Healy. Healy. So we've got more. Uh, Healy, 
the governor of Massachusetts on Tuesday declares a state of emergency because, well, there's a shortage of shelters. And then we've got uh, your lieutenant governor up there, old Miss Kim Driscoll, quote, most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Housing and shelter is our most pressing need and become a sponsor family. Doesn't that just give you the warm and fuzzies? <laughs> oh, it's sick. We're slathered in it up here. And these are the exact people that should be charged under uh, Title Eight, Section 1324, and they're trying to endanger and jeopardize innocent families. Who is that... Uh, there was a couple of uh, young women that went to some, I don't know if it was Iran or some nation somewhere, and they just wound up getting brutally raped and murdered. They thought they were going to go there on some grand mission of goodness and friendship and all that. And, you know, that's craziness to actually invite people and, you know, taxpayers and residents of Massachusetts to violate the law and endanger their own family. It's sickening. Yeah. So, you know, here, here's here's what I'm wondering. I mean, you, you've heard of beta testing, right? Yeah. Okay. Think back. Oh, God, this is over 10 years ago. Do you remember the, the so-called Viper teams of uh, the Tennessee Highway Patrol? Vaguely. This was... Uh, a pilot program, a, a, call it a, a beta test, if you will, to see if the people of Tennessee would accept these Viper teams patrolling the interstates instead of the highway patrol. Well, it didn't go over so well, so, of course, that just faded into the background. And they do these things all the time. So let's, let, let's ask a very simple question here. This whole concept of be a sponsor family because we have anywhere from 10 to 30 families arrive in the state of Massachusetts every day. Now that's what they're, they're recorded saying this. This is on the record that this is what they're saying in Massachusetts, that there are 10 to 30 families, migrant families, let's call them what they are, illegal immigrants, showing up in the state of Massachusetts every day. So let's Let's see if we can get the people involved and bring them into their homes and give them shelter and feed them and all of whatever is going on there. And if it works, do we out, even know are they families? Do we even yeah. know that? Because a lot they uh, when they stopped doing the DNA testing, uh, the numbers said that about thirty percent of those kids were being trafficked. They were of no relation to the people they were with. Yeah. And, and if this works out well, if the people of Massachusetts accept this and go along with it, well, let's just try it in some more states and see how well that works. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just theorizing here at the moment because there's no evidence that this is what they're going to do. But boy, it sounds like a perfect scenario. Well, the yuppies don't like, uh, you know, they like to you know, post on social media and things like that and do a little showboating for their snooty friends. But if you remember when they shipped a whole bunch of illegals from Florida up to Martha's, Martha's Vineyard, Vineyard. <laughs> oh, they freaked out. They they all went out for a quick photo op and had a, a pizza party. They bought them pizza 
and then said, get on the bus and get out of here. We don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that's where only- they should all go is right on the island there, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, and that was only a bus with 50 people on it. Uh-huh. Now, if they freaked out over 50 people, that's, that, that tells you exactly where they're at. It's that not-in-my-backyard mentality is what it is. They want it all open sanctuary cities, just not here. Yeah, we, we should this, turn uh, Martha's Vineyard in, into a little penal colony, like a little Australia or yeah. something. <laughs> and we'll we'll yeah. just ship all of our illegals out there until the government can figure out how to get them home. We'll put them all on Martha's yeah. Vineyard. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but you're right. If, if they can make that happen, and, and, you know, Massachusetts and California have always been uh, kind of the nucleus for these socialist types of things to uh, to be tested. Because if you can get it to take root here, you've at least got a chance for it to metastasize into other states. So Massachusetts has always been a magnet for that stuff. And it doesn't surprise me. And at the same time, if you notice, the governor was out this week, uh, Governor Healy, uh, buying up ads all over uh, Twitter trying to entice people to come to Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a great place to live. People are fleeing here. They have been for some time. Now they're, the floodgates are open. Good families and good businesses are running from Massachusetts. There's no reason to come here. Well, I grew up in Springfield until I was 14 years old. We oh. lived up on Westford Avenue, right up there down the street from Springfield College. And you couldn't get me. I went back to visit, and we moved down here to Georgia when I was 14, back like 1977, I think it was. And uh, I went back in 1983 to kind of visit the old neighborhood and see some of the guys that I grew up with. And, oh, my God, it was a complete crap hole. It was terrible. I, I couldn't believe how down the tubes the neighborhood had gone and it was just absolutely hard you could not get me to visit massachusetts now let alone move there yeah i did it's completely changed completely changed you we've all probably seen like the uh, urban uh motorcycle and quad gangs and stuff uh, we got that uh right here i'm probably uh, 15 minutes from uh, where you're talking about right now i'm over in Holyoke, and right. you know, it, 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 this used to be an old paper mill, mill town, um, a lot of Irish, uh, and it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. Completely woke, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we we let those uh, things that are the ones that did the most damage are those things that are not even government. You know, the the actual government, your local government, uh, facilitated some of this, but. It came from, it's rooted in, uh, the things I talk about all the time is the regional planning commissions. They're, you know, that is classic Soviet system. These are unelected policymakers that that do change the look and feel of everything about your town. Yeah, those planning commissions, you know, if people aren't familiar with what you're talking about, um, just do some research on ICLEI. Because mm-hmm. that's where all of this really got started, was through the ICLEI, uh, and that's exactly what it is. It's coming in, 
to try to change everything. And I, I tell you what, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse if people don't step up and and start doing something. There's no way it would take hold here in, in my little town here of mm-hmm. uh, Washington, Georgia. They simply wouldn't tolerate it down here. Uh, we kicked Dickley out of Carver. Not, not yet. Not yet they wouldn't tolerate it. Who knows what might happen 10 years down the road. But as it they is They never right now, quit. They, they come right yeah, back. Man. Even if you boot them out, they come right back. We chased yep. them out of Carver, Mass., the cranberry capital of the world. Um, Ickley was in there, and I went down there with Hal Shirtliff. Of, uh, he was with JBS at the time, and we did a two-hour seminar. Uh, he did the macro, and I did the micro uh, because of my experience in local conservation commissions. Uh, and we made that connection. The people understood it. We went back for a second round, and they brought everybody in, including some of their elected officials. And we explained what this Ickley creature was. They come in, they call themselves uh, Ickley Local Governments for Sustainability, but a five-year-old will tell you that the the acronym don't match. (laughs) It's the International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives. And we put together a ground game, and in two months... Uh, the townspeople uh, chased them and voted them right out uh, when they realized, because they create software that audits everything, uh, all your energy use and patterns in your town. Then they use that knowledge base to throttle down and crush you, to really yeah. summarize it. Yeah. And as far as this uh, rally taking place in Texas and Arizona on February 3rd, you know, I would really like to go, but unfortunately, after what happened on uh, January 6th, because I was, I was there in D.C. on January 6th, I know what I saw, you know, and nobody's ever going to convince me that uh, uh, those were Trump supporters that instigated all of that, especially when I was there specifically talking to uh, several of uh, 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 the uh, uh, Antifa folks about what they were there for and why they were what they were doing. You know, so I know what happened. I, I know the truth. But you know this this rally thing is gonna be going on in Texas and Arizona. To go down to make that trip for just a few hours on one day isn't going to solve a damn thing. It's not gonna do anything. What is needed and if it ever happened I would definitely jump on board. What would be needed would be a mass number of individuals willing to go down there, do what the Arizona militia did, only this time, don't leave. Yeah. Stay there. But what it would require would be all of the people that own property along the border would have to step up and help support those folks while they're out there so they have food and they have shelter and they have water and everything they need to be able to stay out there long term. Now, I would yeah, go I was- for that. I was involved uh, pretty deeply with the convoy movement, uh, with the effort here in the Northeast group anyways. And, man, we went down there. We The logistics involved in that, uh, I was quite impressed. We had a, a, a good group of people, but there was a lot involved. All right. Uh, just, uh, hold over, and we'll, we'll wrap up on the other side of the break. We got uh, some messages coming up here. Uh, stay with us, folks. Red Pill Politics and Listening Republic Broadcasting Network. We'll be right back.
am so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasteurized meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease off, LLC, 417 from Georgia uh, still on the line here I think um we were talking about uh, that movement to go to the border you know do we have uh 
what it takes. And I, I think we are in agreement here that if they're, uh, you're going down just for a one-day rally, uh, I'm not interested either. Uh, this has to be a massive event where, you know, you may have a rally point, but people break up and patrol the border after that. All right, that the resources are there. I don't think, uh, you know, it would be nice, I guess, if uh, property owners and things like that were uh, on board. You would think that they would be, uh, but, you know, maybe they won't be. Maybe they'll just allow us to be on the property. That would be nice. Um, but we'll we'll see. There's going to have to be a lot of people, though, because uh, I, I agree with you, Art. Um, unless there's a massive groundswell, something that cannot just be quelled by calling names, then it's pointless. But it remains the only thing that will close the border. Do you think anything else will close the border other than that? Uh, well, <laughs> I've got a few ideas, but <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> the American people are not ready, nor are they prepared for the solutions that I would present, because it would require blood. Um, just It's just that simple. And as much as I hate to say it, I think that's what this is going to come down to. If things continue the way they're going, there's going to be a revolution in this country, and blood will be spilled. It's unavoidable. Uh, so how do we stop that? How do we change it? I, I, I don't know. I wish I, I wish I had some answers, but unfortunately, the only answers I can come up with require blood and some degree of violence, and, and I don't see any other way out of this. You know, Thomas Jefferson once said that there should be a, gener- a revolution with each generation. Now, he didn't specify what kind of revolution. He just said a revolution. Well, there hasn't been a real revolution in this country well over 100 years. I think we're about overdue. Unfortunately, I agree with Chance. I don't see a peaceful way out of this. I really don't. Uh, Am I promoting violence? No, I abhor violence. But I do believe that at some point, violence is required. And I think we're close to that point now. And how do we stop it? I, I wish I had answers. I wish I had ideas. But I don't have any. And if anybody's got any ideas on how we turn this around, I sure would like to hear them. But right now, nobody's presenting anything. I hear a lot of angry voices, but that's all I'm hearing. No ideas. And like I said, my my ideas on how to solve this, the American people are just not ready for it. Not yet. I think they got to get real hungry before they're ready to listen to any ideas that to follow along the line of what I'm thinking. Uh, anyway, uh, Dave, really appreciate you letting me let me get that out. And uh, folks, we're at a turning point in this country. Battle lines have been drawn. Where do you stand? Yes, that, that's true. They made their position pretty well known, and uh, uh, we've got to do the same. Uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, all right, let's uh, jump right into it. We've got about a half hour left and uh, a couple other callers on the line. Uh, Terry from Texas, how are you today? Uh, Dave, pretty good. Uh, all these conversations are very interesting. Uh, the times that we're going through right now, like I said, it's uh, coming to a head. 
<laughs> with this election coming up, there's no telling what they're going to do to stay in power. But, um, you know, everybody's, uh, like I said, the worm is turning, you know, and everybody is kind of digging their self in. Uh, I gave up a, my job 23 years in an emergency room because I wouldn't go along with the testing. Uh, in fact, I requested that they show me the uh, the proof that they were running these PCR tests at the right cycle threshold, and uh, that's a whole other story. They wouldn't do it. But anyway, I started looking at, uh, first of all, i got to give my brother kudos. In his county, they got the uh, all the voting machines thrown out. They took the uh, Republican Party to uh, the courts because they said they couldn't afford the uh, paper ballots, and the judge ruled against them, said it's in the Constitution, and threw the head of the Republican Party out for two years because of her corruption. And now they've got paper ballots in their county. Nice. Worked out pretty good. Yeah. I Um, tell you, I've been a big advocate of working these local angles because they're more vulnerable. You often know the... uh, uh, the voters and the people involved, if you get involved with party politics and you're on town committees and county committees and things like that, you know, you often are literally counting heads, counting individual <laughs> votes. So, yeah, a lot can be done. Okay, a lot can be done. Well, they're going after the school boards right now, and so they're uh, they're having a good time throwing all the dirty books out. And uh, so they've got some... Uh, They've had some good, uh, strong nationalist Republicans that have uh, gained office there. Our biggest problem in the state of Texas is our um, Speaker of the House. He's a rhino, and he's filthy. Uh, They got the other guy thrown out because they had uh, uh, kind of taken him down slowly over 10 years. But boy, that Speaker of the House is a powerful position. They decide what legislation goes through, and this guy blocks everything that's good. Um, what I actually wanted to say is that, you know, uh, being in the position I'm in, you know, you're vulnerable to these government agencies. And I started looking into, uh, you know, we are actually operating in the United States under emergency powers, uh, emergency war powers act that is signed off every year by the president. And so that's why they're able to go to these wars without Congress and, give all this money away and just do what they want to do. So, you know, I was looking, I had uh, people talk to me about secession of the state and all, and I said, that's a, you know, that's a icy road there. you got to be careful. But you can uh, isolate yourself. You can secede from the United States federal bureaucracy. And I would say if people aren't aware, I don't know if you're aware of um, uh, uh taking control of your birth certificate. It's called birth certificate authentication. So you take no. that. There's a there's a process you go through through the government, through first through the state. They authenticate, authenticate it, and then they go to the uh, federal, uh, 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 federal agency, and they will do it. And that gives you control of your birth certificate. It's a no. very expensive well, it, bond. On the stock market, yeah, you've got a a point there. Uh, Hang on there, Terry. I got the music coming in on me. We'll uh, finish on that thought right after the break here. Uh, Listen to Red Pill Politics on RepublicBroadcasting.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break.
truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing. And I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product is what it claims to be. Great product. A few days in, and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite.
Happy Sunday, everybody. January 14th already. All right. I'm uh, I'm praying for the spring flowers right now. A little dusting of snow for uh, Christmas, maybe New Year's. That's it. I'm all done. My snowman making days are over. Um, go right into spring as far as I'm concerned. Well, we got uh, Terry from Texas on the line. Just before the break, uh, he was talking about something that's uh, kind of interesting, and it, it's uh, very real, too. Um, but I, I, It reminded me, because uh, I've gotten in this conversation a few times with folks, and people go down the rabbit hole, and uh, this woman one time called me up. It was, Dave, you are not going to believe what I just found out. Can you believe that America... The country is a corporation. And I said, sweetie, I'll do you one better. If you go on Dun and Bradstreet and do a little snooping around with your Social Security number, you'll find out that you're a publicly traded corporation. So what do you think of that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go on. Uh, finish what you were saying about that because that there is uh, legitimacy to what you're you're saying. Well, you're really low. I don't know if uh, we got a bad connection. Can we? Uh... About 10 degrees. All right. Uh, Terry, for some reason, uh, I think you might be able to hear me, but if uh, you can uh, call back and get on the line again, uh, we'll get you back up there. But you're coming through very, very muffled. Okay, I'll call back. Oh, wait, we got you there now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, like you said, we are under interesting times. uh, But what I was saying is that we are operating under the Emergency War Powers Act of 33, and uh, that's why they're able to do what they do. But um, uh, my thing is the people here in RBN are smart people, and I I want to kind of get them looking in this direction. let me just tell you, uh, first of all, there's a, you know, if you just go on to YouTube and type in birth certificate authentication, you're going to see all kinds of stuff and you're going to learn all kinds of things that you really won't believe. Uh, there's one, it, uh, if you pull it up, I think the guy on there is called the Zero Percent, and it's a big blue picture of a certificate of vital records. And like actually went in front of Congress in the early 90s. He basically said that the United States of America has been dissolved. They've become insolvent because of the Emergency Banking Act of 1933. They uh, always because we couldn't pay the debt of the federal, of the uh, basically, uh, what was it, uh, 1913, you know, they came in and took over the money. Yeah, they officially declared bankruptcy and then declared the people because that's when our our money started to change. If you look at what our money said back then, it was redeemable silver and gold, and it was backed by silver and gold. You read it now, and it's backed by the good faith of the American people. You're the one that's been exactly. And had we have realized that we were just ripped off, that you know we were the enemy. They declared us yes. the enemy. They were afraid that when we knew, we would rebel. Said, right. but, but you're right. And the they, thing they, is... They a new form of government. It wasn't necessarily exactly. a republic that we had after that. 
It was a new form of government through the Reconstruction Acts and all that stuff put right. into place the corporate. Yeah, the corporate they, they created system. the democracy, yes. Uh, that's why you hear them. That's all they say now is democracy. Well, that's what we're under. Yeah. And uh, But they did give us remedy for that. But due to, you know, as Yuri Bezos said, ideologic, ideologically subverted individuals, which most Americans are, did they don't understand. They're never told this. Did you see so Obama this look- snarling about uh, how th- there's four fewer democracies in the world? You know, like, you know, that's our fault. Like, us white supremacists are at fault for that. Democracies, like socialism, is a transitional form of government. If you want to be a democracy, it's only for a short period of time until you are enslaved. Until you're in communism. You voted yourself right in, through socialism, right into communism. So, yeah, I'm not surprised there's fewer democracies because they always cannibalize themselves. Yeah, yep. makes sense. Well, what the you know, like you said, what they want to do is create a uh, you know a uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Just a you know, they want to bankrupt us in a sense of what they're doing. You know, but there is remedy. You know, if you listen to uh, they James Trafkin, they're managing. If you actually property. look at uh, if you actually look at House Rule One Ninety Two. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. They said that the uh, once they created this federal system, since they took the gold and silver out of the market, we have no way to pay our debt. So they gave us a uh, resolution in House Rule 192 that says they would pay all of our debt. Okay, so you have to understand how you have to set yourself up to, to ha- be the beneficiary of your your corporation and you can do that. It's not a hard process, but you just have to understand how to do it. And I'm going to give you two, um, websites or two different, uh, ways to start that. And they can look at this. So go to, I'd say YouTube, look up birth certificate authentication and, and look at this, uh, 0%. And he gives you, the information. There's another good website. It's called Stop the Pirates, and they're telling, they're showing you the law and how to do this. Uh, I'm actually almost through that process. I've uh, got my national status and my uh, passport says I'm a diplomat, diplomatic courier. And then uh, I sent my birth certificate. I got my live birth sent to me. I uh, sent it to the Secretary of State of Texas, and they authenticated it, sent it back. I sent it to the um, Secretary of State of the United States, and they've received it. They're authenticating it. Once I get it back, they send a form on the front of it that has, uh, I think it's five different UCC codes on there. And they're basically telling you what the power behind that is. You now have control of that uh document which is a bond it's on bonded paper it's worth millions i looked up mine it's worth 22 million dollars yeah see, they're making billions as a worker throughout your your working life your productive life is an estimate right. of what that is and, and so what you what the process is is once you get that you want to set up a private trust and you put all your assets, and you do that through a UCC-1, through the Secretary of State of your state, 
and you put all your assets, your house, all your uh, all your assets into that, including your bank account. And once you do that, there's nobody that is going to be able to touch you because yeah, you're not right. a citizen. No you've taken yourself out of that jurisdiction. No so it's it's an interesting process. process. Just knowing that trust law exists and how to use it can protect people. Uh, listen, Terry, i got a, uh, like three others on the line here in 15 sure. minutes. But what i like you to do. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully people yeah, will start yeah. looking into this for themselves. Maybe we can get you on to do a segment. So uh, redpillpolitics.tv, uh, send me an email, uh, remind me of this, and, and we'll get you on. Because it really does deserve an entire segment on its own so people don't. Well, that's why I say if people would just look at these two websites, they can familiarize uh, themselves with what I'm talking about. It's going to intrigue the heck out of most of these people because they know, they know most of this stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Uh, all right, thank you. Bye-bye. We'll, uh, we'll get you on. We'll talk about this. Uh, good stuff. Um, all right, let's uh, rifle through these uh, callers here. Uh, Gene from Kentucky, you're on the air. Um, I listen to Clyde Lewis at night lots of times. Uh, he's on um, you know, national syndicated radio type thing, and he has these little Uncle Otis advisory. They're kind of funny. And then there was one clip. I never have been able to find it where he, uh, uh, I guess it was him playing, I don't know, it was between, you know, uh, commercials and all that, and where a um, so-called gentleman supposedly came up to the door and knocked on the door, and a little old lady answered, and he said, Mrs. So-and-so, I, I, you know, how are you and all that? I see that you have, like, three bedrooms. We'll be sending three, uh, two extra families over to take up that space. So that was like a, you know, like the uncle uh, advisory. And then another... Uh, um, comment I want to make is um, Dr. Wynn Parker, if you remember him or not, he was a host on RBN years ago and he suddenly disappeared. He said years ago, and of course I know this is true, that they were bringing in uh, migrants, um, especially at night with airplanes. And another thing is um, we went back to the city a few months ago, uh, had a doctor's appointment, and I also renewed my um, driver's license. You could just kind of walk in some of these places. And my husband and I were uh, like four white people in the whole place. The rest of them were uh, black folks, especially the workers. I'm not prejudiced because, you know, I grew up around black people all my life. And it was just so strange that the neighborhood had changed that much. And uh, it, was, it was, and then also I had went to the grocery store that I used to visit um, uh near my former home that I moved from. And I say 90% of the people in there were Hispanic. So yeah. I'm sure other people experience the same thing. Yeah, I mean, demographics uh, change. I was, I was mentioning around here, uh, there were several uh, very large, prominent uh, Irish populations uh, in the town of Ludlow, uh, Portuguese. Even to this day, there's a lot of Portuguese there. But... You know, in those factory towns, almost every town that had a river had a factory, and it had factory housing, and then, and then it had a, a usually a migrant population, Polish, Irish, uh, uh, Hispanic, whatever. Um, but that's all changing now in a very significant way, 
and these are not people with allegiance uh, to this country. You know, those those Americans back then knew that their hard work, or at least they thought that their hard work uh, would reward them. They, they wanted to work. They had a good work ethic. That's missing. Even from Americans today, the, the children of today have a horrible work ethic. They, they feel entitled to something the moment they graduate high school. It's crazy, but... Um, you're right. Things are changing, and you know we've got to uh, uh, we've got to put our foot down. Some of this stuff uh, should not be happening the way it is. Not our border policies. It is okay to say no and throttle back. Although everyone's welcome to come here, you knock on the front door. It's okay for us to say no. We say we can't take any more right now. Our nation will collapse if we take any more. So it's okay to throttle back and not be racist because of it just out of self-preservation and national security. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, also, uh, uh, I said the most disturbing is the part about, the, uh, like you mentioned, that uh, trying to take in, they were trying to convince people to take in other families in their homes. But I think that's really going to come true. After hearing that little skit, I really yeah, think it, that's, uh, they're sending a message about that. But, there's uh, some that's my that take on things. We'll do that. There, there's some uh, ding-dongs that will take in an illegal uh, in a, into a house with children. Because they, oh, sure, I, you but know. I'm saying, yeah, and, you, and you know the, uh, this immigration stuff has been going on for years because there was a whole bunch of apartments in the, uh, my neighborhood that we moved from uh, back in the big city where I saw probably 20 years ago Mexicans uh, being unloaded. Uh, I'm not saying they you know, weren't here for a while. Uh, unloaded in the back of a pickup truck. I guess they had jobs to do, and they were taken. Also, uh, they were taken over some of the construction uh, sites. And I remember seeing uh, uh, picket signs going up, uh, like electricians and all that were losing their job to these uh, uh, people that would undercut them. Probably with you know uh, immigrant workers, probably. So that's been going on for years. Probably, I say like at least twenty years or more. I witnessed this happening in my own neighborhood. All yeah. what was happening, so it's just a sad state affair. But I, I try to tell people about things, and, and, and my husband says, "Well, you said the sky has been falling." I said, "Well, the sky has already fallen. You just don't want to face up to it, so whatever." <laughs> anyway, love you out there, and y'all take care. Thank you for being there. Bye bye. And thank you for the call, from Kentucky. Okay, let's uh, go to our next caller, Roger from Ohio. You're on the air. <laughs> Yes, uh, enjoy your show and always like listening to you. Uh, I'll keep it short. Uh, I'm a baby boomer. Uh, I live by myself. I live in about 2,000 square foot ranch. And uh, I live outside Cleveland. Cleveland has a lot of ethnic people, you know, from the lot Polish and every, every kind of ethnic you can think of just about. So I'm thinking I'm going to try to find me a Ukrainian family and let them move in my house. <laughs> and I'm going to try to find as many as I can. Because every country that United States touches, Iraq or whatever, and the Ukraine, they completely destroy it. There's, they said there's 10, 12 million refugees that left in the Ukraine. Uh, over a half a million men have been killed in the war, in the senseless war, that we're making a lot of money on. And the blood is on our hands indirectly because they're sending all these weapons over there, killing, 
trying to kill, destabilize Russia. If they did destabilize Russia, they would probably import 200 million Africans in that country and completely destroy it. Yeah, you know, I, I, Russia, I am not, I don't think they're too destabilized. They sent out their, uh, you know, their B-list uh, military equipment, and that sufficed. They withheld all their good stuff. So they're ready for a larger uh, in, uh, invasion and in, in, uh, engagement through NATO. But, yeah, you're right. Every place that we've gone in and destabilized turned into a, a shithole and the people suffer. And then sanctions. Sanctions only really affect the people. The government and their military never go without. Uh, it's the people that always suffer through sanctions as well. Um, and, and what's happened in Ukraine, it's going to take them decades to recover from this. They burn through all their young men. They're putting older men and, and uh, people that are mentally handicapped. We're, we're seeing uh, videos of them in uniform out there. They're, they're bullet sponges. It's, it's crazy, but it's falling apart, too. Uh, uh, Zelensky is starting to lose favor uh, pretty broadly right now. I, I'm not sure what that's going to translate into. Um, we got to turn the tap off on them. It's insane the amount of money that's been laundered through that country right in front of our eyes. So oh. these Ukraine, they're white and they're Christian and they're, they're Europeans. So I'm going to have my sanctuary haven in my little town with these Ukraines if I can. So I got to try to figure out how to get a hold of somebody in Cleveland because there's a Ukraine community there. So I'm sure they have people that they know that they can steer you to. So yeah. I hope they're not vaxxed. I hope I get people that aren't vaxxed, that haven't been poisoned. It's going to kill all these people. This vax is going to Our country is gone with the wind. It is gone. It'll never be like it was before. This new generation, generation generation Z, why should I fight fall on the sword for those kids? They Yeah, we gotta take things back. Uh, There's no doubt. Um apathy's not working. Uh but the people gotta stand and stand together in in big numbers. Uh Roger, I appreciate the uh call. I got one more caller and only about a minute left. Uh but thank you for uh calling in. Uh, let's get to our final caller of the show, uh, Kevin from Georgia. you got about one minute, brother. Let's have it. Okay, two things. <clears throat> I think that uh, we don't need to do a thing. I think the Ponzi scheme's up with the uh, with the national debt. It's just going to come rolling down if we go into a world war. Um, also, I think that everybody, uh, the unwantables, they're trying to lead into the United States, so they get as many people uh, there and then bomb the hell out of them, and then they'll all be gone, and then the rest of the world will be good for the elite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> World War Three, I think, is a big possibility. There's so much uh, strife in the world, and globalization is linked. Uh, our money, uh, our necessities, and necessities of every nation is imported from our enemies. It's crazy. Mutual assured destruction is what we got. Uh, I don't know. Um, what's your final word? What's your advice for people? Um, well, we only have one place to go and that's, uh, hopefully to heaven. And there's, um, uh, there's a lot riding on, uh, 
on what's in our hearts, not what's uh, not what's in our egos. So let us let us uh, have the the right the right frame of mind in these last days. Wise words, wise words. I pray for strength and wisdom every day, every single day. Oh, and that's just what this nation needs. God will heal uh, a faithful nation, so we should remember that because we've lost our way there. Um, Kevin from Georgia, thank you very much for the call. Thank you to all the callers today, Andy and Terry from Texas, Gene from Kentucky, Roger from Ohio, and Kevin from Georgia. Uh, thank you all, and thank you to all the listeners, too. Right, we appreciate having you guys on board. Please share uh, the show around. Share uh, RBN uh, with your friends, republicbroadcasting.org, programming seven days a week. All right. You can uh, make a donation, help keep us going. And I definitely want you on my mailing list, redpillpolitics.tv. Get on the mailing list and uh, check out the other snarky musings I occasionally put out. Uh, it's always a hoot having you on board. Love and appreciate you all. Fly your flags high. Keep your powder dry. Love each other out there. We'll see you next week. Public Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth, truth.